Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara, and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. Ever since District Attorney Brooke Jenkins took office in San Francisco, the families and loved ones of people who've been shot by police have worried that with her as DA, those officers won't face any consequences. And lately, those concerns have been coming true. Just this year, Jenkins has refused to prosecute the killing of Keita O'Neill in 2017, the injuring of Jamaica Hampton in 2019, and even Banco Brown, who was shot and killed by a Walgreens security guard last month. Watching all this is the family of Sean Moore, an unarmed black man who was shot twice by SFPD officer Kenneth Chaw outside of his home on January 6th. 2017. Cha and his partner responded to a noise complaint from a neighbor, who also had a restraining order against Moore at the time. Moore, who was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and schizophrenia, died in 2020 as a result of injuries related to the shooting. Now, his family worries that his case will be the latest that D.A. Jenkins will decide not to prosecute. I have to prepare myself, and I have prepared myself, that nothing is going to be done. Sean Moore's family has given a lot to San Francisco. His parents moved to the city in the 60s. His mother, Cleo, worked at SF General for decades, and his father, Amos, who also died in 2020 was a muni driver. For Cleo, this wait for justice, which has lasted years, has been agonizing. Today, we're gonna hear from the mother of Sean Moore in her own words. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. 
the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. In this episode, you'll hear Cleo Moore, who spoke with my KQED colleague, Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez. My name is uh, Cleo Moore, and I met my husband in 1963. When we, Amos and I married, uh, we moved to the Ingleside District, and we purchased a home at 515 Capitol Avenue. My husband started working for Municipal Railway at that time, and he worked the 18th slope for over 20-some years. If you're working on a bus line, according to him, you knew the people just like they were your family. You talked about your family. They got on the bus, and it was the same line all the time. I worked at San Francisco General Hospital for 40 years, retiring in 2009 as the head nurse out of the Children's Health Center at 6M5. And we lived on Capitol until we moved here to Daly City in 1976. I have one additional son, Kenneth Wayne Blackman, who has been my savior since all of this happened to me. What we're looking at now is a picture of my son, Sean Moore, when he played baseball at Skyline College. He's wearing his uniform for Skyline College, and he only played one year of baseball. But when he joined the team, he was um, got an award for being most improved player. Everything that involved sports, he was involved in. He played basketball with Danny Glover's nephew, Rodney. I raised him, and I had many happy days with him until he became an adult and he started having these mental issues that I couldn't control, nor could I get the kind of help for him that he needed because he was over 21 years of age. He had a bipolar disorder. That was his first diagnosis. And the thing about it is, we supported him. We helped him 
because anytime they would decide they wanted to pick him up, if somebody say, "Oh, he 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 shouted he shouted at me, or he 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 yelled at me, or he did whatever," they're gonna come in and they're gonna pick him well, up. But he could know. cook for himself. He did his own washing. He kept his house clean. You know, he did all of them things for himself. But he had a mental condition. When you have a mental condition, nothing is ever really stable because you have to be certain that the person is going to take the medicine. I asked for help many, many times. The city of San Francisco, when he would get in a crisis, they wouldn't come to see him. Or when he would get out of jail, being incarcerated, they would say that he belongs to Kaiser. He tried to get jobs. He tried hard to get jobs, even with having a psychiatric history. But you know it's not, it's not going to be easy for a person that had, and being a black man. Now, I have called the police on several occasions when I know that he had not been taking his medicine. And you know what they would do when they come out? I'm standing at the bottom of the step. They jump out of the car. Eight carloads of police would come. They would jump out with shotguns. They would jump out with a bean bag, whatever that is that they have. I said, where are you going with all of that? Why do we have so many police cars here? I called you for help with my son because I know he's not taking his medicine. Well, you, you either let us go in. I said, you know, officer, you can just turn around and you can go back wherever it is that you want to go. That was a while before he ever got shot. But these are the things that I have encountered as his mother trying to get help with him even after he got shot. On the death certificate, when I finally found out where my son's body was, they called Kenneth in Sacramento and told Kenneth that Sean was dead. And I thought he was doing okay. I didn't know that his colon would completely block off. That's what the coroner wrote. Total obstruction of the colon due to the gunshot wounds to the abdomen. He killed him. He didn't have to shoot him in the stomach two times. He didn't come out with a warrant for his arrest. You know, I've already prepared myself. I'm not that naive that I don't know that this lady is not going to proceed with this case. If they don't do anything about it or bring that officer to justice, I can't do anything about it. I don't plan on spending any kind of money to try to get another lawyer to go after him. There's a higher being. God will take care of him in the long run. That is my feeling. I have to prepare myself, and I have prepared myself, that nothing is going to be done. I can't even grieve for my son. I can't even grieve for my husband. I need to be able to go on with my life. There's never in my wildest dream that I would ever think that in my retirement, 
I would have two of the important people in my life that would be gone and died in the same year. My husband could not even come to his son's funeral because he was too sick. Am I strong? No stronger than nobody else. I'm sorry to bring you there. I'm sorry to bring you there. That's okay. That's okay. I know about the grieving process. I've got Kenneth. I've got my grand my grandson. Now I have a new little great grandson. I've got to try now to focus on the lives of those people. I love San Francisco. I love San Francisco. I owe a lot to the city and county of San Francisco. San Francisco gave me an opportunity because at the time that I went to San Francisco General, you could count the black nurses on your hand. I studied hard and sacrificed. The city and county did good for me. They helped me to get my education. I, I, I don't have anything against anybody. I don't hate anybody. I hurt, but I don't hate. If she doesn't choose to go on with the case, my only thing is, why are you afraid to let the case proceed? I've been going to court. This is going into my second year. Sitting up in the courtroom. Bring it to court. Let it come to court. If the people that's sitting on the jury decides that the officer's not guilty, then let it go. I just don't know how to, how to really say everything that has happened to my son at some time in his life. He should still be here with us, but that didn't happen that way. That was Cleo Moore, the mother of Sean Moore, speaking with KQED reporter Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez. For more details on this case, check out Joe's story in our show notes. A judge is now pushing to schedule a preliminary hearing for Officer Kenneth Cha next Friday. Advocates fear that with pressure to get a hearing on the books, Brooke Jenkins could announce a dismissal of the case as early as next week. This episode was cut by senior editor Alan Montecilio. It was produced and scored by me. The rest of the team includes producer Maria Esquinka, our podcast director Jen Chien, podcast engagement producer Cesar Saldana, and our operations manager Katie Springer. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks for listening. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. 
I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. 